please keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times. This is Opposite Attractions. Welcome to Opposite Attractions, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest podcast on Earth, the experimental prototype podcast of tomorrow. I am your host, Scotty Moore, joined as always, and for the first time, by the Disney Imagineer himself, Jim Murphy. Jim, how are you? I'm having a very magical day. Thank you. <laughs> you you are the most Disney human being, which you wouldn't think when you look at your face. <laughs> Because I'm not a cartoon? Exactly. And then all of a sudden, Mickey comes out, and you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to not do that right now. I apologize. My, I, I have to kind of practice to lead up into it, and I'm not in that space right now. Well, it's all right, Jim. We can't all be perfect at it. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, we decided uh, me and Jim both love love theme parks. Uh, Jim worked, you worked at Epcot for how long? Uh, five months. I worked in the, uh, the Walt Disney World College program in the fall of 2002. Yeah. Uh, very, very, uh, weak tourism time because of, uh, terrorism. I was in fifth grade, I think. Oh, Jim. Um, yeah, and I, I, I my only experience working in a I worked at Universal Studios in the arcades. I worked at Disney Springs building dinosaurs for children, and then I got hired to work at Tomorrowland, and then quit. Well, I didn't quit. They technically fired me because I stopped showing up. Um, so I've never officially worked for a theme park. It's all been third party. So. You have delved the deepest into I, the park. I, I, I cleaned up after people eating at a restaurant. That was my Oh, job. no. Which restaurant was it? Uh, Is it the one Electric that's... Umbrella. Uh, oh, jeez. of the, at the time, probably the worst uh, costumes on the Disney property. And oh, yeah. Oh, that's how I felt when I worked at the arcade at Universal, because it's in, like, Marvel Superhero Island. And so your shirt looked like this weird Andy Warhol design. It was just like blue with these big splats on it of like the BAM from a Batman comic book, except it was just all over your shirt. And I'm like, okay, guys, thanks for this. I didn't have to wear the uh, electric umbrella costume, except for I think within like the first month I was there as a custodial person. I worked behind the counter like three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to like as a kind of order filler uh, here's your food kind of a person. And I had to wear it for that. But yeah, it was a uh, multicolored and neon. And now they were just wear red and it's really sad. Yeah. Well, you would think from our descriptions of I worked in the theme park cleaning up after people in a garbage outfit versus me. I quit after the first day. You'd think we did not love theme parks as much as we do. I started in Oh, seventh grade or eighth grade, I found a Burn Bombs guide to Walt Disney World in my in my middle or my junior high school library. 
Yeah. Uh, please don't read those books. They're awful uh, because they're official guides. And so everything is spun incredibly positively toward the company. Uh, then through those, I ended up finding the unofficial guides. And I now have yeah. I probably I don't think I don't know one for every year since then, but I, I do own a very large chunk of them. The guides that will tell you who actually died on the rides that year, as opposed to those other ones that sweep it under the rug. But And it was also like the early days of the Internet, because that would have been right around, you know, 95, 94, 95. So right before the 25th anniversary, things like that. And I had been to Disney like right before then. Yeah, I don't I don't really remember much about the trip, except that there were certain things that I didn't do that I look back on it now as an adult and as a Disney fan. And I'm very angry. (laughs) See, the only park I had been to before, uh, probably like two years ago, was Six Flags at age six and uh, appropriately. And all I remember was feeling like I was on fire and then occasionally seeing a Looney Tunes character. That's all I remember from it. But um, then I grew up, and for a very long time, I dated a Disney fanatic. And she was like, hey, for my graduation, we're going to Disney World, and you're coming with us. And I was like, oh, I've been volunteered, I see. And I was very – I mean, there was a point in my life where – there was a point in my life where I was like the big emo kid who was just like, no, nah, Disney World's too corporate, man. I won't even step foot into a Disney store. It's garbage. I hate it. Um, so much so that once my, I think my dad bought me a Nightmare Before Christmas like coffee mug from a Disney store. And I was like, no, this is a corporate shilling. Anyways, take me to a hot topic. If anybody um, wants to take me on their graduation trip to Disney, I will go. <laughs> anybody at all. Nice to meet it's your so, family. Uh, I'll be riding Haunted Mansion repeatedly. Thank you. Oh, no. Straight up. That's where I am now. Because literally the first day of the trip, I think we, I think first day we went to Magic Kingdom. And I'm, I'm sitting grumpy because obviously it's like 9 a.m. And I'm like, go to this place. It's going to suck. And then you walk through those gates into Main Street and you're like, Oh, I get it now. Because if if you have like any imagination or any kind of like spark in you walking into Disney World, you're like, oh, okay. It's it's really weird because people look at me because I don't really ride thrill rides because of like motion sickness and such. And I'm not a fan of heights and things, but like and people are like, why do you like theme parks or why? Whatever. And it's really because follow it like learning about the company through like the early days of the internet and reading all these books and you find out like that it's just like it's all magical but then you realize like people build it like people made it like some guy was like hey i want to build this thing and i'm gonna build this thing and he just went and got a bunch of money and built the thing and so it's like that is what i like is the the building like that's why i wanted to do this show or something like exactly. this is because it's like I like the idea that somebody sat down and said, "Hey, I want to make this giant, you know, hundred acre thing for people to enjoy," and then they did it. Hundred acre woods, yeah. right? He made it. He made it in like a Disneyland was built in like nineteen months or something crazy, right? See, with me, I always like going into the stories behind it because it's like they don't just build a thing; they're just like. 
Um, actually, um, in the lore of this, like when I worked at Disney Springs, they were just like, the lore of Disney Springs is very long. For instance, um, this building actually over here actually used to be the Springs Bottling Company. I was like, oh, really? Was there a Springs here? And they're like, no, it's all we just made this up. But we've made it look like this. And then this area is supposed to represent like this area back in the day where, you know, townsfolk would gather. And this represents um, the docks where boats would come in and release their catches. And I'm like, you didn't have to do this. <laughs> you, you could have just plopped down like a McDonald's. They, they did before. Be there was one there. It had the mm-hmm. coolest ceiling ever. Oh, yeah. Then so, yeah. I like, but I like the other stories, like of how they built it. I actually like the like Fort Wilderness. It's kind of a famous story that they that uh, the the Disney company was like, hey, we actually want to build this like campground, but we have no money. Figure it out, and like they just put some people in charge of it, and they would wait until like midnight when all the other construction was stopped, and they would just go steal crap. What? They would just get in trucks and go over to like where they were building the Magic Kingdom and just steal wood and steal supplies and just drive back over into the into where <laughs> Fort Wilderness is and start building stuff. Like that's how it got done. Carl, Carl, did we have a forklift? Where's the forklift? I don't know. It's gone. It'll be fine. That's but yeah. I think that's the how stories works. are what drew me to that stuff most of all which is like that's i liked working at universal studios because universal i think has stronger thrill rides and has stronger even slow rides in some points but you get a real sense of like at universal it feels a whole lot more like okay they just kind of plopped this stuff down they didn't have much of a plan to it there's not really a lot of blending between areas i mean i just looked at uh, I just had a crusty burger, and all of a sudden, ET is trying to finger me. Like it's a very weird situation. Yeah, they they put Jurassic uh, Park in Cartoon Land. Oh yeah, it's like right beside Cartoon Land. You're like, I just saw Bluto. I just had a burger, and now all of a sudden, there's a giant dinosaur in my face. So yeah, I I, I love Universal Studios. I will always love Universal Studios. However, they are nowhere near as good at the storytelling. And as far as building an experience as Disney World is. Because with Disney, like, everything blends together so well. When you walk between, like, Tomorrowland and Frontierland or whatever, you can – you the music changes. Weird. Like, it's such a smooth blend. Weird, though. Uh, I believe there's this place in Liberty Square in the Magic Kingdom where if you are looking at the right angle, you can see the contemporary. And that really throws me off sometimes. And it kind of makes me angry, but I just – I just let it go. <laughs> How dare you, Disney? I feel like because I've been tra- in my head, I've been trained to like, oh, no, they figure that out. So it's everything's hidden. And it's like, no, not exactly. Yeah, see, that's the worst thing about working for them, even for like three months as it gets in your head. And you're just like, hold on, wait a minute. You guys are not you're not following your proper standards right now, man. Like, I, I don't um, know if you had it in your in the, the, the small amount of training you had of um kind of like where they talk about the characters and how how you're supposed to interact to, with people that are asking questions they shouldn't be asking about the characters oh uh 
Uh, I like that we're both so Disney trained that we're afraid to come yeah, out I'm, with like. Yeah, I might, I might just cut that out. But yeah, it's funny. That, like I went through literally like ten minutes of my training was was like, hey, if somebody says that there's more than one, you gotta say no. Which is weird because I was on the train station platform in Main Street and I saw three Mickey's at one time, and <laughs> uh, and I had to go and I I literally like was like alarm bells went off in my brain and I had to go tell a cast member like, hey, you might want to call somebody or shoot a flare gun off or something, yeah, and get these mice out of <laughs> here. Because literally, so oh yeah, the infamous uh, double Mickey flare gun from <laughs> they run out like get out kids. From the train station, I could see out into the into Main Street, and I could also see out the other direction onto where the where the boats and the monorail is. So there was a there was a Mickey out there. There was a Mickey in Main Street, like literally like right in the corner by like where the parade floats go. And then they were doing their like afternoon show on the stage at Cinderella castle. And there was one there. Oh, one of my favorite moments is, uh, we went to meet talking Mickey, who, by the way, is just a terrifying vision. <laughs> I talked, I talked to him as Mickey and the, the shock. I, I didn't know that, a, a like a plastic headed character could, could express shock in this, this mouse. <laughs> he just stared at you like what? But yeah, when we met him, um, there, there are two doors. And one of the doors open, and we see Mickey behind it. The door closes, like, the door closes, other door opens, Mickey's behind it. And I'm sure they're going to play, like, Mickey's magical. He can teleport between these two places. I'm like, no, no, that mouse can't do that. That <laughs> mouse is just, that mouse is a time lord. Um, yes, should we get into what the show is about at this point? Yeah, I, I, I guess they kind of could figure it out that we are going to try each to design our own like theme park resort type situation. We're building our own Disney World. Yeah, but we but can not, do this without any of their IPs or uh, money or uh, art, and in my case, artistic ability. It. That's why this is best uh, for me, because I can just talk through it all. Oh, yeah, right? As opposed to me, where I'm just going to be like, also, this ride involves Mickey Mouse. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, we're going to build our own Disney World. But I think Jim Jim is much more focused on it than I am. Cause so, what's your yeah, idea? I've, I've had t uh, 20 years of thinking about this t to get through. Um, I, I like... So it's a it's, uh, big picture. I like immersion. Like, I really, really do. Like, I love the idea of, like, what, what Disney is doing with, like, Star Wars or even, like, I get Universal's, like, the Harry Potter things kind of like that where you feel like you're in a place. And, oh, like, the Harry Potter, especially Diagon Alley, is my favorite. I've never seen the Harry Potter films. I think I read one of the books. I walked into Harry Potter world and was like, this is my favorite thing I've ever experienced in my life. People, so I definitely understand what you're talking about. People with say that about Cars Land where like little kids are like, is this where they filmed the movie? <laughs> like, because it, and it feels like that's what it is. Like, it's creepy. That's awesome. But I want the idea of like, you are completely immersed in a place where you're almost playing a role, not really, but kind of, which I guess that's kind of what the Star Wars thing is going to be when they get that up and running. Oh, you mean the Star Wars hotel? Yeah, they, all that. They... I want that like at a bigger thing where like you feel like you're in a story all the time, but instead of being like, oh, this attraction is one story, but if you go 
200 yards down the street, you're in another attraction where it's another story. Like, it'll be kind of like that, but there'll be an overarching thing where you're part of an some overarching bigger... theme to basically thing. everything. And I want right. to do superheroes. Now, part of this problem when I thought of this is like, there are IPs for superheroes. There is, you know, two major companies that do comic books. There's like 20 other. Really? I've never heard of them. So my, the part of the problem would be I could create all these characters and all these things, but then it's like, they're not real and they don't exist in a mark from a marketing standpoint. Like how would I market it? And I feel like that would have to be like phase zero of trying to make something like this real would have to be like, creating everything and marketing it in such a way that people be like, Hey, I really want to try that. And a part of it could be, Hey, you're going to go into like a comic book world type thing. Like that would be part of it. But then it well, would be, once you got there, part of it would have to be selling you on the idea of who the people are, what they're doing, uh, all that stuff. Like all the characters would have to either, either, you know, like they'd have to be put into the visitor's brain in a way that makes them go, Oh, okay. I relate to what this is. Right. Okay. I, I like where you're coming from with this. I I've got two a few notes on it. Okay. One one I would say make it because I we're discussing making. We're not we aren't some spring chickens here. We're going to make an entire resort like Disney World. We're not going to settle with just one park. I say make this just one park. And if we're releasing them, I would say don't make this your first park. So build your brand off a, another park, bring this one in, and I say your superheroes are the people who come in. So all of your guests, is... when they come in, get to make their own superhero. They are the hero. So instead of just being like, look, it's Spider-Man. Look, you're this. It's like, no, you're the hero. All we got in here are villains, and we're going to need you I, to take I, care I of have, them. I have three ideas for parks. Um, including I, the immersion would start literally from the outside in uh, hotels would have a story to them, right. how they're themed would have a story, how, and I, I had an idea for th basically three theme parks. Okay. Um, the, the idea would be that like, that I, I, I use the term Island because, but I, cause I feel like there would be water around the entire area. I don't know how big this right. would be. I'm so not saying like it would be, I'm not saying that the, property would be like the size of what disney world's property is but right. i'm saying that if i get to pick like what i'm building i would at least have some kind of giant and it doesn't have to be an island it could just be like a where it would be obvious that there would be a delineation between what was outside the property right. and what was inside the story somehow so what you're saying is you want this area that's full of like all of this heroics and all of this adventure and you want it to be like these islands. <laughs> you call them an islands of adventure almost. It's, well, here's here's my 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 three basic parks. The f the first idea would be well, okay, they act, they all they all kind of work together. One would be like a villain-centered place, there would be a hero-centered place, and then there would be a third one that I wouldn't have to do right away, but it could be like a phase 2, phase 3, phase 4 build down the line idea. That kind of goes back into what you were saying. And that's for the secondary sidekick characters that no one really cares the, the, about. The the, uh, the villain park area would, would basically be themed to look like basically that all these villains went in and like took over like a military installation. Okay. And that it began and turned it into what is essentially like a job fair for henchmen. 
Oh, that's awesome. So you come in and you're like that. You're like a henchman in training sort of thing where you're like looking around for like, what villain do I want to work for? And every attraction in the in that park would be like, oh, come right in. We're going to show you what we're working on. Maybe you'd want to work for us. Sort of a situation. So that's that. Okay. That's that park. Um, the uh, heroes park would actually be that that basically out somewhere outside the military area someone built an amusement park or some kind of a theme park and that the heroes took it over and modified it kind of as a way that they could watch over what the villains were doing. Okay. And they don't, they, they don't make it like, it's not really hidden. Like the villains know they're there. The heroes know the villains are there. Like it's, it's like a venture brothers sort of a like truce (laughs) sort of a situation, but it would be, but it would be very much like, you're, it's like a safe haven for people. Like they can come visit this and know that like a villain's not going to come flying over and like blow everything up. Right. So that's the second part. The third park would be more interactive, and it would almost be like you could go in and it, it, I, I call it my cash grab, my touristy cash grab uh, park because right. it would be like, um, it, it would be uh, the story would be that it would be ran by a vil- uh, a villain that actually turned good. And decided to, like, this is how he was going to make money, is basically make a place where you could go in and be a hero or be a villain, and it's like a play thing. Like, he's kind of making fun of what they're doing, sort of. So that's Deadpool land you're pitching. (laughs) Uh. My my idea would be literally, like, the interactive, like, you, you could buy interactive souvenirs and you could go around and do stuff. And then there'd also be like the like actual attractions where there would be it, they'd be more interactive and like you would be more the star in them or treated like the star in them. The only problem I'm seeing with it is I wouldn't pitch this as the entire park. And the only reason I say that is because like not everyone loves superheroes, which I know is a shock to nerds like us. But I, I kind of want to spread it out to have more more parks with different themes with different ideals so you do have almost like uh, a, a a fairy princess park or something like that you have a hollywood-esque well, this, park this could just be my first big idea we, we have we have an infinite number of shows we can do i <laughs> know uh, um i'm just trying to set the scene for yeah, a big I can, park i can i i really am I really like the hero. I, I like I like my hero and villain things better than I like the third one because I feel like I can make something out of that that would appeal to well a lot of people. Here, here's what I like about all three parks is I think they can be squished into one park. Yeah, I don't know how big that would be. I mean, I can start with that. I can definitely start with something like because you could have say, basically. The- when you walk into the park, like imagine you're walking into Disney, you've got Main Street and it branches off, except this time your Main Street area is basically, it's still like a heroic Main Street. It looks like a NYC kind of area, just with not skyscrapers. And you can go in and buy your gear, whether you be a hero or a villain or whatever, that's where all your interactive stuff happens. When it branches out, you can either go into a villain land or a hero land, and then the middle land is. I like the. I know you said you okay. wanted the well, theme. I, I, my my old idea, my original, my old idea is was basically to take a park and split it in half and have it be like, like you know, uh, civilian, like heroes as civilians, 
kind of control one side and then like the villains control the other side and it's kind of like they're always in a constant like struggle and right. there would be like spies on either side like maybe some of the attractions would have like characters pop up where it's like I'm actually a good guy and I'm trying to help you get through this crazy thing where you're going to almost die or whatever exactly and then the other side and there would be obvious like thematic elements and um uh words failing uh it's all right theme well, theming would be around it would suggest like hey like maybe a villain was on the hero side messing around like graffiti or whatever <laughs> like partially covered up graffiti or there exactly. would be stuff where it looked like somebody had just tried to like cut the power to something and they messed up or they got caught stuff like that like there's that idea too that was like my original idea for a different type of theme experience but it could easily work with this hero villain thing kind of like how like say, looking at it twin brothers at a it, ski resort picture. in an 80s movie <laughs> looking at it like a big picture your catchphrase for it could easily be just called choose your side you get to pick if you're a hero or a villain there's a bunch of interactive game the middle section could be almost like a battle arena where you have a bunch of interactive games where villains go in one line heroes go in another line they have to fight each other or you do have hero and villain specific rides in each of the sections and you can um essentially uh it doesn't matter. I'm not, yeah. I was about to get very discriminatory yeah. well, and feel like if you're a hero, you cannot go in the villain section, but you can well, cross contaminate. Again, I like the idea of like the immersion of it where like if it's obvious that you're trying to play a villain and you go on the hero's side, like you're not like you're you're basically almost like a uh, like a villain in training sort of thing and like all the all the people on that side on the hero side will kind of look at you like like I'm watching you. I'm, you know, you're under you're always being watched or whatever something like that right. and the same thing goes on the other side like there's part of it where it's obvious that they're both using it as like a way to make money or something or a way to as like prop as like propaganda to like be on our side but at the same time they're going to be like so they, they they will try to maybe try to sway you to join them if you go on one mm -hmm. side or the other something like that is anything to like build that story you'd have to have a lot of actors for this uh, because um I know there are a lot of people like me and you who would play instantly, but you would still get like the dad on the fifth day of vacation popping in there and be like, all right, I guess I'm a villain, whatever, and won't get into it, which is why I'm like, you can go wherever you want, because I'd hate for like well, fifth I think day if was, dad. If it was very obvious that somebody wanted to play in that, you know, imagination space, you would be able to tell. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, I think I've just come up. I know we're not, like, we're not, like, serial. We're not going to have a villain for the show, but I think we do have a villain, and his name is Fifth Day Dad. <laughs> just that dad is like, all right, kids, go do what you want. I don't care. Um, do I have to get beer on the hero side or the villain side? Um, I like the idea, just kind of, like, cold American beer on the hero side. The hardest liquor on the villain's side. But, okay, I don't have a name for this. I could not, for the life of me, figure out a name of what I could call a place like this, even as a single park or as a resort. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, uh, it is a difficult one, because I'm able to do everything else around it. I'm like, choose your side, stuff like that. Um, Duopolis. <laughs> oh, that sounds like we're sponsored by Mountain Dew, though. But it would be D E U X Opolis, Duopolis. So it's got, or 
D-U-O-P-O-L-I-S, Duopolis, because it's got the duality of villains and heroes. You get to choose your side. I'll, I'll workshop it. I'll figure something out by eventually. The title of this episode will be the name of the bark. <laughs> then the episode comes out and it's just called, couldn't come up with anything. Sorry. No, no I, I will figure out something eventually. All right. Um, damn it. I don't have an idea at all. I mean, I have a, I have a vague idea because I, I always really enjoy like at Hollywood Studios I enjoy like at Hollywood Studios and at Universal, these areas you'll walk through and it really transports you to a place, a place in the world that you've been like could go like Hollywood or even to a lesser extent, like in Epcot where you go to like Paris and stuff like that. I've always liked that area. So I want to do that. But I feel like we don't have the funds <laughs> to, to make like Hollywood. And so for a very long time today, I was definitely considering the possibility of building an entire park that makes you feel like you've been whisked away to Branson, Missouri. I was just going to ask you if you were going to say Branson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ride the fun Gallagher ride. I just don't... I was just like, how can I take the Branson... The, the whole Branson idea and take it beyond it. Also, I want to make make it perfectly clear tickets to get into um Prancentopia it's more expensive than actually spending a day in Branson Missouri I there there is, I think there's something there maybe not Branson but I like <laughs> I like the idea I'm sorry of, do you have a problem with No Branson? I'm saying I like I like the idea of going into a place that where it's almost like, I, I don't know. It, it Well, with like Hollywood studios, Hollywood is a place that's real, but also feels surreal at the same time. It feels like, you know, Oh my God, I'm in Hollywood. It's so amazing. And that's kind of what I want to capture is that feeling of being teleported to another place like Branson, Missouri. Um, I feel like I've broken. Yeah, you. I'm trying. I'm trying to wrap my head around a way to like. I know that part of this is that I'm really prepared, and you're kind of a crazy off the wall person. But I feel like there's something. There's like a spark of something there that could be bigger, and I just don't know how to get the spark to turn into a fire. I have no idea. It's okay. I'm currently trying to figure out the logistics of putting watermelon juice in a Gallagher log flume ride, <laughs> and. <laughs> And what I can do with a Yakov Smirnoff theme. I like the idea of like a, a a theme park where everything in it is kind of meant to be like something from like is meant to celebrate something from like 40 years ago that probably shouldn't have anyone caring about it, but somehow still does. <laughs> like Yakov Smirnoff. Like if you went into a Hollywood Studios and you're like, it, it's 1920s Hollywood, and so like everything is like they don't even have anything contemporary. Like they're trying to sell you on like, uh, almost like um oh what was the Tobey Maguire flick? Pleasantville. The black and Ple Pleasantville. Is that what it is? Pleasantville, yes. where everything's black and white. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Of uh, something like that. But I just need I need this Gallagher watermelon log bloom. Well, right we can happen. get to attractions later. 
<laughs> oh, you just wait, buddy boy. Galaxy's if you want to go for Branson for for Branson Land, we can totally do that. I mean, I do like you could almost pull it, and if you've ever been to Branson, if, I'm sorry if you have, but it's a very it's not southern, but you could do a southern charmed life kind of thing. Like if you play off the idea that this theme park is supposed to be boring. You could do like Dollywood Wood. Where, Dollywood Wood! Where it's like, it's Dollywood, but it's really, but it's like celebrating Dollywood. It's not celebrating Dolly Parton, it's celebrating just Dollywood itself. I guess it's uh, celebrating the South's attempts at a theme park. At, at being Vegas. Exactly. Oh man, that'd be a good one. It no, I got it. It's like Epcot, but it's just of all the redneck places you can go to. So instead of having the World Showcase, it's the South Showcase. So it's just like, all right, first up, we got Gatlinburg, Tennessee. You get you your moonshine. Then you go up to Branson, go down the Gallagher Log Flume. Then uh, visit Reno, Nevada. I know it's not technically Southern, but it's trashy enough. Visit the Appalachians and ride the Kiss Your Sister Tilt-A-Whirl. <laughs> Kiss Your Sister Tilt-A-Whirl. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to think of a good Yakov Smirnoff fun, but all I can think of is World Tilts You. <laughs> it's still you know, ride, 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 rides you. This ride, rides you. And, uh, oh, crap, it could be like the... Um, Roller coasters where you're suspended. So technically, you're on bottom. The ride's on top. The ride is riding you. Oh, I think. And we're it's going uh, to... Yakov Smirnov's hands reaching down and holding you underneath, and you hear him quietly whispering the whole time in a Russian accent. You best pray I do not drop you, comrade. You'll be fine as long as my strong arms will maintain. Uh, I I think. As before, before you get into uh, basically building your entire park from scratch in one episode, um, I think you had an idea of kind of giving sort of like a challenge or a theme or something that we have to like incorporate into an attraction somehow. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. we each follow some kind of a weird outline, not an outline, but some kind of weird overarching like thing. And we can just use it any way we want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you discussing the fact that Hollywood Studios makes bad decisions, and so therefore, well, I decided I, it's well the the fact that Disney allegedly I don't actually even know if it's true. I've seen it on a couple places that's that are sketchy as to whether or not the surveys actually exist or if it was like a Photoshop thing. But yeah, they actually do one of the they basically they they want to change the name of the Disney's Hollywood Studios because the name is horrible and it doesn't really fit what they're doing anymore and it hasn't since like 1995 uh and they had a list uh you can find it on the internet a, a list of various names that they want to change the the park to and they're all bad pretty right. much exclusively but one of them involves the name Hyperion which was the uh original name of like Disney like animation studios back in like 19 in the 20s uh, it's now right. it's now a Trader Joe's or a, a grocery store is in that place. <laughs> uh, you can look it up on Google Maps, but um, they they seem to always want to use Hyperion because it 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 was the name of the street or whatever. Um, but they never seem to really get it right. Now, granted, in Disney's California Adventure, there is a Hyperion Theater, 
which I forgot about when I was making the joke that they seem to always want to use the name Hyperion and can never pull it off. Uh, they also have like a Hyperion book publishing company, and I think there was even like a music thing too. But that's about all they and can get out fine. of it. And that's fine. But I want you to take Hyperion and just make the most enticing ride. I want the next Haunted Mansion, but with Hyperion in it. I, I do have an idea, but we can save that for a future episode. Okay, okay. We, we've in gone fact, you know what? No, no, here's what we'll this. do. We'll end the episode with the tease of next week we've got to bring our Hyperion action. So the end of the episode is us saying you have to somehow work Hyperion into next week's pitch. That that works for me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is that is our goal is going to be... Getting them know. roped in! Yeah. So for our, I guess for our second episode, we will figure out how to make an attraction using the, uh, use, somehow using the, the, the word Hyperion. Yep. So we'll both bring something to the table. Um, next week here on opposite attractions, Jim, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at apparently smart. And I also do another podcast that Scotty sometimes guests on called a horrible premise, which you can find at a horrible and uh, on that show, instead of making up dumb theme park ideas, we come up with dumb television show ideas. So it's pretty much the same, but kind of different. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy my books on Amazon. Just look up Scotty Moore, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O-O-R-E. You can find this and all the other BS Network programs on a load of purebs.com. That's uh, whether that be a load of BS, the show me and my friend Blake do. Uh, Fight Boys, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Quasal Court Podcast, my YouTube stuff, all of it is in one feed over at a load of purebs.com. And if you want to visit this show's website, you can do that at opposite-attractions.com or find us on Twitter at OPPATTShow. That'll do it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember to please watch your head and step as you exit the podcast. Thanks for listening.